welcome back to I'm Open Podcast. Today I am so excited to have my friend Sam Rosen on the show. You may have read his work on The Atlantic, The Ringer, GQ, or even The Brown Indie. We have a great conversation about juiced balls, the time his grandmother almost fought an NBA player and a superstar athlete who got revenge against a small child. All coming up next on I'm Open Podcast. Before we really get into it, I just need to get this off my chest because I'm really fired up. Ted Cruz is really fired up, so we're all fired up, and I just need to go off on this just for a quick moment here before we get into the full conversation with Sam, because I I, I, I just, I can't believe it. I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked, but I'm still worked up, as you can tell. I'm just getting, I'm sweating already. I'm getting a little tense. I feel like I might be cramping up in my thigh, and I just got to get this, I got to get this out. So, Ted Cruz, he is really fired up right now about Nike, because... Nike, well, let, let's go back to the beginning of the story. Nike had designed a shoe, a special shoe, to commemorate the 4th of July, which is in commemoration of the independence of the United States of America from England. Great. So, they had a shoe for the 4th of July, and the shoe was in the design of the Betsy Ross flag. Now, the Betsy Ross flag was the very first flag used by the United States of America and the flag was supposed to be on the back of the shoe. Now, some people brought it to the attention of Nike that maybe the shoe was a little bit offensive because it celebrated a time, yes, that was the Independence Day of America back in 1776 when the flag was created, but that harkens back to a time when not everyone was equal in America. Slavery was an institution that was basically what the American economy was built on at the time. So when you're hearkening back to, oh, those were the days, no, those really weren't the days. I mean, are we glad that the country is now independent from England? Yeah, yeah, sure. But are we hearkening back like those are the better times? I don't think that's really the way to look at it. So some people let Nike know, you know, Harkening back to these times, giving a shout out to these times, it's not really the best way to celebrate America in its beauty and its diversity today, in 2019. One of those people was Colin Kaepernick, who is now a Nike athlete and is sponsored by Nike, and he kind of got some credit for letting Nike know this maybe was not the right way to go about celebrating America. When you're going back to a time when... People of color were not equal in this country. We're not even really fully seen as people in this country. So it's not hard to see how this might be offensive to some people and a lot of people. Right? It's not hard to see at all. Women at the time were also not allowed to vote. We're not seen as equals. Okay, so really only white men who owned land were the only people who really had any sort of real rights at the time. So there's a reason why. And there's a lot of great reasons why. A lot of people felt like, we don't need to go back and use the Betsy Ross flag. Yeah, that is part of American history that we need to accept. We need to confront. We need everybody to learn about. We need everybody to talk about. But maybe that's not the part of American history that we need to try to throw back to and do a little TBT to remember when to. 
how do you expect people to buy a shoe and wear a shoe that has a flag that represented a country that at the time did not consider them to be people, did not consider them to be equals, did not allow them to own land, to get paid for their work, to own a business, to vote, to run for office, etc., 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 okay? It's, the hypocrisy is everywhere. We're fucking swimming in it at this point. So, that's the backstory on the shoe. Now, Nike, shout out to them, they decided at the last moment to pull the shoe and to not put it on shelves. And they made the right choice. But Ted Cruz does not agree with me. And he came out in opposition of Nike. He came out strong on Twitter. And this is what Mr. Cruz said on Twitter. He said, yep, I own lots of Nike. I've been a lifelong customer since I was a kid. But they've now decided their shoes represent snide disdain for the American flag. Since they don't want my business anymore, I won't buy anymore. Can anyone recommend a good sneaker company that's not so woke? So, take a second to just soak it all in and just let it, uh, let it decompress. Because there's a lot going on here with what Ted said. Now, first of all, this one's just really easy. Just knock right off the top. Can anyone recommend a good sneaker company that's not so Woke. I mean, I don't, I don't even really think Nike has the reputation for being that, like, so, so woke, considering different, you know, accusations and, you know, I'm not going to say it's officially on paper, but people think, you know, it's possible that Nike maybe employs seven and eight year old Thai children to make some of their shoes. I'm not saying it's a hundred percent and ten fact, you know, guarantee, 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 guaranteed. But does maybe Nike have a couple little sweatshop connects out there? I would I be surprised? Not no. I would actually be more surprised if they didn't. Yeah, that's the first one. I don't think I don't think ever I don't think anyone has ever really accused Nike of being the wokiest woke of the companies out there. So. I mean, that that's the first notch down. No, second. Their shoes represent snide disdain for the American flag. So disdain basically means you hate it. Disdain, you know, it's like what British people say when they don't like someone. I disdain him uh, for all the American I'm open families out here. So I don't really think... Ted Cruz fully understands what disdain or what hatred or distaste means. Because Colin Kaepernick and people who didn't want to represent that flag and that part of American history and that culture that was existing in this country at the time, those people don't hate America. Those people just want this country to be better. I mean, and we're all sports fans here, and some of us aren't, and that's okay. That's why it's the fucking I Am Open podcast, because we're open to everyone, and we hope you're open to us. But for our sports fans in the I Am Open family, if you go to a sporting event, there's a chance if your team loses, you might be disappointed. 
You might be frustrated at your team. You might be like, oh, sh sh come on, catch it! Shit! Catch the fucking ball! But does that mean, does that mean you hate your team? No, it's the exact opposite. You want your team to do better. But no, according to Ted Cruz's standards, unless you think your team is perfect, you hate your team. So, by those standards, a couple years ago when the Detroit Lions went 0-16, and 16, unless you cheer every single play and think that they did a great job even when they lose every single game, then you hate your team. That's, that's the way he's providing the definition. Colin Kaepernick and Nike, they're not saying that they hate America. They're saying that they want America to be better, to do better, and to reflect the great parts of America, which there are great parts that we can celebrate, the diversity in this country, the love that people have for one another in this country, but not the parts of this country that are our dark past and are things that are still a problem to this day and, are, and go into the fact that Colin Kaepernick still cannot get employed doing his job, which is to be a quarterback in the NFL. And this is a really simple example, but I love French fries. Maybe even more than I love Amer America. I'm not going to say it's a, I, I really just, I'd rather not compare, but I really do love French fries. But I think French fries are better with salt and pepper. Salt and pepper and mayonnaise and then have a little thing, little dip of ketchup on the side so I can dip in the ketchup, maybe mix a little of the mayonnaise and ketchup, but I'm really mostly going for the mayonnaise with the salt and pepper on top. So if I just get a plain, unsalted, unpeppered fry served out to me, I'm probably going to ask for salt, I'm probably going to ask for pepper, I'm probably going to ask for mayonnaise, and I'm probably going to ask for ketchup. Now, does this mean I hate french fries? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I just want them to just be a little bit better. Maybe some people out there don't like French fries and are on a keto diet or a Atkins diet or another diet that I haven't heard of yet. And that's fine. Maybe you like driving in your car. As in a lot of people have cars. A lot of people use them to drive to work. A lot of people use them to, to drive to meet up with their friends. And some people just like to drive just for the fun of it. Just to drive around in circles on a nice afternoon. And that's fine, too. So, cars, they used to not have seatbelts, right? So, if you got into a car without a seatbelt, you might say, no, I'd rather, I'd rather, uh, you know, this car seems outdated. I'd rather have a, a mo more modern car that has a seatbelt in it, just in case. Obviously, nobody's planning on crashing their car, but people do every once in a while, and it's always better to be wearing a seatbelt. Now, you wouldn't go back to that person and say, well, this guy must hate cars, because he didn't like this car without a seatbelt. No, that's not the case. They like cars. They like them just fine. They might even love them. They might even think about them when they dream and have pictures of them taped up on their uh, walls of their bedroom. They might even have a car tattooed on their body, but... They still might not want to have a car that doesn't have a seatbelt because they want the best version. Time passes on. We think of better versions of things. Technology advances. The human brain is an incredible tool that's capable of so much. And one of those is learning from our mistakes. Now, I'm also really fired up about these comments from Ted Cruz because of all the bullshit talk we've had, especially from politicians, especially from right-wing 
politicians in this country, whenever athletes decide to speak up, exercise their freedom of speech, and talk about how they feel, talk about issues going on in this country, what is the same tagline we hear? Stick to sports. Stick to sports. Why don't you just stick to sports? Shut up and dribble. That's always what they say. Well, if you're saying that, then Ted Cruz, why don't you just shut up and gerrymander? Why don't you go shut the fuck up and filibuster something? Okay, because you are you are not an expert on sneakers. You are not an expert on fashion for fucking sure. So why do you think it is your place if you don't think athletes... And first of all, like, like just, just taking a step back... They shut up in anything. It's not true. This is America. Everybody's allowed to say whatever they really want about anything, for better or for worse. Right? And a lot of times it is for worse, especially with social media. But did anyone tell Gerald Ford to shut up and dribble or shut up and snap? Shut up and block? Because that guy was the president of the United States. And he also played football. He played offensive line for the University of Michigan. And I don't think, I really don't think Ted Cruz would ever go up to President Ford, may he rest in peace, and tell him to why don't you just shut up and, uh, and block for the running back. So, I don't think he would go tell Donald Trump, why don't you just go shut up and stick to having bad haircuts and bad TV shows. When people try to say shut up and stick to what you know, that's not the America that we have today. You, that's not, that's not the way it works. But if you do subscribe to that mode of thinking, if you are that small-minded that you think that people can literally only talk about the one thing that they're experts in and have studied in, then I really don't think Ted Cruz is an expert in footwear fashion. Why don't you leave it to Virgil, okay? Or why don't you leave it to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about? If that's the way you think, if you think people are only allowed to talk about things if they're their job, if they're what they're studied, I really don't think Ted Cruz has done a deep study or is really that knowledgeable about footwear. Now, the and I'm, I know I'm going a little bit long on this, but I just can't. I can't stop. I, I can't stop because Ted has me fired up here. And when he's talking about I've owning, I'm own lots of Nikes. I've got so many Nikes. I've worn them my whole life. First of all, boy, you better fucking prove that shit. I want some photos. I want videos. I want selfies. Okay, because I really don't believe that Ted Cruz has that many Nikes. I really don't believe it. Like, are we doing like the, 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 whatever, like C-SPAN cribs roll into Ted's cruise house and he has like the whole fucking closet just for his shoes and he's out there with like a little mini vacuum cleaner and little mini toothbrush polishing them all off? I don't really think it's like that. I don't really think Ted Cruz has it like that with his Nikes. I don't. So, Ted, if you have as many Nikes as you say, first of all, prove that shit. We want to see the receipts we want to see the photos because i have never seen your corny ass wearing nikes and just based on the style he has displayed for the public eye it's really hard to imagine it is now let's say just for the sake of argument maybe ted cruz does have some, some nikes maybe he does then ted put your money where your mouth is 
burn all of your Nikes. I want to see a video of Ted Cruz burning his Nikes like all the sad LeBron fans did when he left Cleveland the first time. Burn all your Nikes, and to show how much you really hate Nike Ted Cruz, I want you to inhale through your mouth and nose and eyes the rubber fumes of the burning Nikes to prove that you would rather inhale burnt rubber smoke from your old tennis shoes than wear them ever again. And that's the way, Ted Cruz, you will prove to me that you really, really are a man of your word. Now, if you're not willing to burn your Nikes and inhale the rubber smoke. First of all, you're a little bitch. Second of all, I've got a, I've got an alternative for you. Why don't you donate them? Ted Cruz, you can't say you don't like charity, right? Ted Cruz, who doesn't like charity? I mean, what are you, the fucking Grinch? Everyone likes charity. So if you really don't like Nike, and if you really want to get rid of every single fucking Nike you've ever seen and never see it again, why don't you give them away to some kids? Who need them? Is that so hard? I mean, you're not going to use them. You're never going to wear them again. That would be a good way to fix the problem. Give them away to some kids who really need them. I mean, do you hate kids in need? You can't possibly hate kids in need, could you? But if Ted Cruz is still not willing to do any of these suggestions, which I think are all great suggestions, and I don't think it would be that hard for him to complete any of them. So just really take your pick, roll the dice if it's easier, if it's hard for you to make a decision. As hard as it is for you to pass legislation, then you could just roll a good old dice and then move on from there. But if not, I think Nike should step in and give him an offer he can't refuse. Now, all right, let's, let's give him the benefit of the doubt because this is, this is I'm Open Podcast. So even for people, even for, for, for slimy toads like Ted Cruz, we still are open to listening. So let's give them the benefit of the doubt that, all right, maybe Ted Cruz does have some Nikes. Why doesn't Nike just say, great, Ted, you don't like our message. We don't like your message. We're willing to buy back all the Nikes you have paid for. We're willing to buy them back from you. Just let us know how much they cost. And we will buy them all back so you don't have to worry about people connecting you with us. You don't have to worry about people thinking that you support our message. I mean, how much How much could he really have? Even, I mean, he couldn't have more than like a thousand or two thousand dollars worth of Nikes. Even, I mean, that would be a lot of fucking Nikes. I just, I, I don't really think he has that much. Nike could just give him an offer he can't refuse. Even if he's got three or four pairs of Nikes, even if he's got ten, Nike's got money coming out the ass. I don't think they're really worried about that. So Nike could just say, hey, Ted, I mean, look, how many pairs of Nikes do you have? We'll give you $1,000 for each pair, which is, by the way, way more than any uh, pair of Nikes actually is, unless it's designed by my guy Virgil. Uh, but for anybody who hasn't just bought normal, you know, regular people Nikes before, $1,000 is way more than a normal pair of Nikes. So Nike could just say, look, Ted, show us the fucking Nikes. Give us the proof. Show us the pics. We'll give you $1,000 for every single Nike. And then Nike can go back and they can donate them to some kids in need or they can honestly do whatever they want from them. And I think that would just show the people that Nike is not backing down. 
And then Nike's standing by their word. And you know what, Ted? If you are so against this small, small gesture, just to let people know in America that everyone should be treated equally, everyone should treat each other equally, and everyone deserves the same amount of respect and the same opportunities to do what they want with their lives. If that's such a problem to you, if that's so offensive to you, then you don't need to be affiliated with our brand either. So I think, even though I've laid out these really awesome options for Ted Cruz, if he's really serious about it, if he's really, really about that life, as they say, then, Ted, I've given you some great options. But if you're, if you're not actually about that life, as it were, then... Nike can step in and money talks. So I think we've got some great solutions for both sides. Now, I know I, I started off this, this segment really fired up and really angry, like I, like I mentioned, re, kind of just, just in a tense mood. But I think now that I found these different solutions, I do feel a little bit better about it. And I, I think it's a no brainer. It's pretty easy with all these different solutions I provided. You can pick any, all of the, you can't really pick all of the above, but there's a lot of different, it's, a, it's like a multiple choice quiz, but you can't pick all of the above. But there are a lot of different options you could choose. Coming up next, my conversation with Sam. Now, another problem that it may or may not be a problem, to be honest, Sam. We're going to break that down right now. But okay. this is definitely an area, and maybe the only area in sports, where Ted Cruz probably does have some, uh, some backup still. Mm. And sadly, that is in the world of baseball. Mm. Where, and you're giving your... <laughs> yeah, yeah, well... <laughs> we'll see. I mean, Ted Cruz might have some baseball voters in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not saying these guys are or aren't, but uh, Justin Verlander is really fired up. And he plays in Ted Cruz's home state of Texas he does. for the Houston Astros. He was fired up about the baseballs this season. He mm, thinks they're juiced. Yeah. Now, as a league, um, collectively, there's a good chance that the, the record for most home runs in a season will be broken this season, mm-hmm. collectively by all of the everyone playing professionally Mm -hmm. and the pitchers are mad about it Mm -hmm. the pitchers are a little bit fired up they're blaming the ball they're blaming Mm -hmm. the league Mm -hmm. now this is a real quote from Justin Verlander who's an all-star multi-time all-star one of the best players of his generation Mm -hmm. I think he's also married to somebody famous Kate Upton he's he's married to Kate Upton so missed the Astros parade to get married I think in Italy to Kate Upton, which was which was controversial. Oh, Everyone cool. said move the wedding, and I thought it was cool that he didn't. That is cool. You know, people's families plan yeah, for that. If, you know, yeah, you yeah, take yeah. time off work. So anyway, yeah, yes. cool move by him. Cool move. So so we'll, so we're gonna give him the benefit of the doubt here on this thing because he was asked about the baseballs this season. Asked what if you've noticed there's been more home runs. Mm-hmm. And this is what Justin Verlander said when he was asked about the baseballs this season. He said, it's a fucking joke. Major League Baseball is turning this game into a joke. 
They own Rawlings, which is the company that makes mm, the baseballs, the gloves. Okay. They make a bunch of baseball equipment, which mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. MLB I didn't know owned that Rawlings. either. The plot thickens. The plot thickens, and they've got you've got Manfred up here saying it might be the way they center the pill. I guess centering the pill must be some way they, they the pill must be in the middle of the baseball. Mm-hmm. I'm only reading engineering. Sure, sure. They own the fucking company. If any other forty billion company bought out a four hundred million company and the product changes dramatically, it's not a guess as to what happened. Hmm. We all know what happened. Manfred, the first time he came in, what did he say? He said, we want more offense. All of a sudden, he comes in, the balls are juiced. It's, it's, it's not a coincidence. We're not idiots. So, hmm. Justin is obviously fired up. This is one of the biggest stars in the game, coming out aggressively with a lot of F-bombs against the commissioner, attacking big corporations. Hmm. Rawlings, like he's saying. Hmm. Do you think the balls are juiced? Do you think there's a conflict of interest as we go farther and dive deeper into this topic that the baseball league owns the company that makes their baseballs and makes their gloves? Or do you think this just makes sense? It's just rational for them to kind of have control over that part of the process? I think it probably makes sense. Or I don't see a huge issue with it. And I'm intrigued by what Verlander's saying. And I'm not totally writing him off. But I feel like there's two big problems with that, if you're going to take his position. Uh-huh. The first one is, now that this is out, now that people are worried about the possibility that the balls are juiced, if it were true, the MLB would have a real problem. Uh-huh. Because 40, 50 baseballs go into the stands every game, and fans get to take them home. So if you really wanted to do an analysis, there would be nothing stopping you. Right? If you were a fan who, who got a baseball or, you know, someone who was really invested in this and and said, you know, hey, put out a blast and said, hey, if you're a fan who catches a ball at a game, send it to me. I'll give you $100 because I'm collecting them for a sample or to whatever. To cut them open, yeah. Yeah. Um, the MLB has no way of stopping that. But I think more importantly, like, this is a league that is is not struggling. But they're not booming in the no. same way that some other leagues are. They're trying to figure out how to speed up the games a little bit. And if you wanted to speed up the games, more offense would seem to be a bad thing, right? Uh-huh. And so I think the MLB is kind of is kind of caught between a rock and a hard place here. Where on the one hand, they don't want these one nothing, two to one games because it's not that exciting for the average fan. On the other hand. They want the games to be. Uh, they want the games to be quick. Mm. It's like that Simpson scene where the woman goes to the the grocery store and tells the cashier, "I want all the groceries in one bag, but I don't want the bag to be heavy." It's like, look, something's yeah. got to give, man. <laughs> yeah, like we're yeah. either gonna have a ton of offense, or yeah. or these games are gonna be shorter. And I just feel like, as a league that's kind of like worried about its sort of position in the sports world, if it got out that they were doctoring the ball especially a game that prides itself on on sort of ethics and tradition mm-hmm. and all of that, I feel like that'd be hard to come back from. So mm-hmm. I don't see the benefit, the, 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 the drawbacks, the cost of getting caught juicing the balls for the MLB feels like it's just so much higher mm-hmm. than the benefit of like having a little more extra offense that I don't really, I don't really buy it. Yeah, I, and to me, it's honestly, like, I love it when guys are passionate like Justin is. I love it when people get fired up. I love it when people challenge authority, stick it to the man. But, it's like, 
All right, you're the if you, you're the only dude who's bad about more home runs. I'm sorry, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. when they're like, "There's all these freaking home runs," that's I'm sorry. When you go to a baseball game, that is what makes people happy. Yeah, seeing the ball get crushed out of the field. Yeah, and seeing a home run. Yeah, that is what's fun. That's yeah. what everybody wants to see. Totally, everybody brings their gloves to the game, hoping to be able to catch a ball right. or something like right. that. I mean, and so it's like, I don't think anybody's really gonna complain if we break the record for home runs every year. Right. Like, I think the guys should be juicing. I think the balls should be juicing. I think everybody think. I think everything should be juiced. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want sports to be more fun. Mm-hmm. I don't... I mean, like, it's it's impressive when guys are battling, battling in terms of a pitching duel, defensive battle, and sure. it's a 2-1 game. Sure. You know, 1-0 game, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't necessarily say that's, like, riveting, edge-of-your-seat excitement. Yeah, yeah. As when you're getting a lot of offense, it is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It is fun to watch. Those mm-hmm. are the moments where you stand up and cheer and high five during a game. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Justin's definitely not the only one because they asked some other really high level pitchers with great reputations Jacob deGrom of the Mets, Max Scherzer of the Nationals. Mm-hmm. And they were both kind of like, yeah, it does seem like it's a little off this year. It does seem like they're huh. getting a couple more home runs this year. What a scandal this would be. It would be a huge scandal. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like, as the as the if I were the commissioner of baseball, I would just come out ahead of it and just be like, "Yeah, we make adjustments to the ball every year as science improves. We're trying to make we always make adjustments, however we can, to our game. Science is making everything better. We get new balls, new bats, new helmets, mm-hmm. new bases, pitchers mound mm. every year." New gloves That's because brilliant. we're trying to advance scientifically to make the game the best it can be. Yeah. So maybe there were. You don't say, yeah, I told them make these babies fly. Like, but you just say, you know what? I'll have to go back and check with our sci- team of scientists and engineers. But I know we at MLB are always focused on making our game the best we can for the 21st century and beyond. So did we make some adjustments this offseason? You know, I would be kicking myself if I didn't make adjustments every offseason because wow. we're trying to get better and move to the new age. You're solving PR crisis. I feel like PR I need to get hot Rob man, for this is, side. I can yeah. say, I mean, because you, you lean into it. Like, you you embrace it. And like, we're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. If you, they really own Rawlings, like mm-hmm. they like we, they, we said, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. But then why wouldn't they? Yeah. You guys are the biggest baseball league in the world. Yeah. This is the biggest baseball manufacturer in the world. They're mostly making them for you to use mm-hmm. during games. Mm-hmm. Makes sense that you control how they're made. Then also, just lean into it. Manfred can get a little spicy and say, hey, Justin, you know what ball doesn't th- fly out of the park? A ball that the hitter doesn't make contact with. Yeah. So uh, paint the corners, <laughs> get over it, and uh, you know, enjoy the fact that uh, you got traded to an awesome team. Yeah, strike somebody out. Then yeah. you won't have to worry about where the ball is flying. To, yeah. Right? I mean, I do think that's a good answer, but... I th- I mean now, but Manfred obviously hasn't handled this great. I don't know what his reputation has been as a commissioner, but mm-hmm. this makes this is kind of the first real thing I've heard about it. It seems yeah. like people maybe aren't huge fans of his. I yeah. don't. Do you know if he's been having a good approval rating or not, or has he kept pretty quiet before this? I don't know anything yeah. about him really. The only uh, baseball commissioner thing I know, something I learned the other day, Paul Giamatti, his dad was the commissioner oh, really? of Major League Baseball at one point. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. I had no that idea. That is pretty either. cool. I mean, it is like, I think he already handled it the wrong way mm-hmm. by just saying like, no, we would never do that. Why would we ever do that? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, and that's why, hey, that's why this is, I'm open podcast. You leave that door open. Right. You leave that door a little bit open right. just in case. Right, right. And I mean, some politicians are really good at this. We were just talking about Ted Cruz. 
I mean, politicians are really good at this about saying, I wasn't aware of this. Right. Nobody told me about this prior to that. Right. On this date, I didn't know about this. Yeah. There's ways where you can kind of frame it where you mm-hmm. didn't lie. Mm-hmm. You know who else is really good about this is um, some NCAA coaches. Sean Miller is incredible about this yes. in Arizona. Yes. Where he says, I didn't personally give DeAndre Ayton mm-hmm. a bag full of money. Right, right. But that doesn't mean that somebody else did it. And on July 2nd, mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton did not come over to my house to collect any cash money right so and it's like but you're very you you keep it very specific mm-hmm. and then still leave yourself open a little wiggle room because mm-hmm. now manfred's like why would we ever dock to the ball we never would do this we keep every player transparent about everything and it's like give yourself a little wiggle yeah. yeah yeah but one story that does make me think okay maybe maybe justin's right maybe these babies are juiced is the showdown that's been going on between Trevor Bauer and Max Kepler. Now, hmm. Max, he plays outfield for the Minnesota Twins. Okay. Trevor Bauer is a pitcher for the Cleveland Indians. Okay. So those teams are in the same division, mm-hmm. American League Central. Central. So they play each other a lot. Mm-hmm. Five consecutive times that these two gentlemen faced off, Kepler as the hitter and Bauer as the pitcher. Mm-hmm. Five home runs. Really? Spanning two consecutive games. Wow. So I think in one game, Kepler hit three home runs. In another game, he hit two. Wow. So is this just a coincidence or does this guy have, does does Max Kepler have Trevor Bauer's number? Does he know some secret to the way he pitches? Is he friends with his catcher or something? Because like, it's impossible basically for anybody to hit five home runs against anybody. Mm. But then the fact that you're hitting five home runs against the same exact pitcher Mm. Is there a coincidence here, or is this is this all some sort of a big scheme going on? What do you think? He's got to have a tell, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like he's got a he's got to have a tell um, that uh, that they figured out. Man, when do they play next? That's gonna have to be a point. I mean, because that that's <laughs> gonna have to be appointment viewing. That's right? appointment viewing. But the for thing is, sure. all the times that the teams play, since the pitchers are on like a rotation, right? Like, right. Trevor Bauer might not pitch, so right. it might be like, and that's why it makes it almost seem like, yo, this can't be a coincidence because it was like weeks later, hmm. and then he he came up again and he started crushing him again. Seems like, and Trevor Bauer is really good, right? Totally. So it seems like the guy must have some sort of a tell or something where maybe they played in high school or something, but the guy obviously has his number i mm. think gambling debt gambling debt I maybe know, he owes man. him something right maybe <laughs> maybe he owes him a little bit of something now if you're unless it is a gambling debt he's like bro or some sort of like a bet they made maybe they're secretly friends mm-hmm. and he's like yo man i bet you you can't eat more hot dogs than me or whatever then he eats them and then you know he's like all right now you owe me five home runs like just give me some little juice <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, some little juice yeah. balls over the top yeah. but if, if that's not the case, Trevor Bauer, you got to be throwing at the guy's back. You got to be throwing a fastball high and tight. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's part of the rule of baseball. We yeah. talked about how there's a lot of traditions. One of the traditions is if a guy roughs you up a little bit too much mm-hmm. as a pitcher, mm-hmm. you throw and threaten his livelihood yeah. uh, with the baseball. <laughs> you threaten to hurt him. Totally, totally normal game <laughs> we got here, yeah. So, uh, why he didn't why he didn't eventually, after the third or fourth home run, just throw one in mm-hmm. and try to hit him with a nice fastball inside, yeah. I'm a little confused as to why he didn't just go after him. Or even just sort of, like, 
don't give him anything to hit, you know? Yeah. Just give him four pitches out of the zone and hope he hope he sort of waves at one. Yeah. And just, I mean, okay, he walks to first base, at least he doesn't get to see himself again crush a ball over your head. Yeah. So I'm advocating for Trevor Bauer to go ahead and just take out uh, uh, Kepler the next time they play. I'm oh, not yes. going to put those words in your mouth unless you're... Or I just, you know, I don't want anybody calling for anybody else's demise. Or, I hear you. Not not to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to kill him. Just throwing it at his chin and mm-hmm. just make him worry. Mm-hmm. Somebody who didn't really need any of our prompting and just go ahead, went, went ahead and just took somebody out. That's my man Luke Keekley. Now, I don't know if you saw this, Sam. No. He was hosting a... Football camp for young kids. Oh, no. And there was a oh, young no. 11-year-old boy at his camp. Oh, my God. And they had a chance where everybody got to have a chance to try to, like, juke past Luke Keekley. Mm-hmm. He plays linebacker, which is on defense mm-hmm. for all our I'm Open family members out there. For the Carolina Panthers, he's a great, great tackler. And that's his job, tackle the guy with the ball. So they had a chance where the campers got to try to run past Luke. Now, the first time... The camper actually kind of juked him, and he kind of made a move on him, and he ran past. And everybody was like, whoa, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, he was kind of, Luke Keekley was obviously kind of going half speed. Mm-hmm. But everybody was like, shouting like he had just got yanked. Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah. like, I was like, like it was an and one mixtape yeah. type thing. Yeah. <laughs> was like, yeah. woo! So then Luke was like, yo, 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 run it back, run it back. And he clobbered the kid. Now, let me, I think... So we've got the video right here. Yeah. I'll just play the video. Let's go to the tape. And then we can see. Uh, we'll see. We'll just hear. You guys are not going to be able to hear the video, but you will be able to hear Sam's reaction. here. So here's the first one. <laughs> so I'm going to pause it after the first one. The kid made some nice moves. And Keekly's <laughs> trying harder than I yeah. thought he was going to be in that. Okay. No, it's not like he was going at like 10%. He yeah. was going a solid 60 to 70%. He was trying to he was trying to hustle. Okay. It That's... wasn't like he was just walking. And the kid put some solid moves on him. And Having you... seen the first juke, I'm now really worried for the retaliatory. <laughs> like... <laughs> Wow. And you guys heard Sam's reaction. Like, it was a woo moment. Yeah. The guy, the little guy, I, I'm sure too, was like, Luke, you're doing, cha- we're just talking about charity with Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. He's doing like charity work for the community. You want to, when they have a kid come up and try to challenge you, go up, you you don't want to embarrass yourself at the same time. You don't want to come in running full speed. Right. Like, on a right. <laughs> young kid. Well, because like, I thought the first move, like... I thought the kid's setup move was the move that he made. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's nice. That was cute. Like, he got him off balance a little bit. And then he whooped. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, he really. Little man has moved. Yeah. He, like, got Keekly in space and got by him. <laughs> I think the the real thing is, like, it's pretty obvious that Luke underestimated this guy. Yeah. Where he was like, this kid's just going to try to run around me and I'll just grab him. Yeah. But then the kid had like some moves planned out where yeah. he like stepped, stutter step, <laughs> back the other way, spin move. And he was like, wow, this 10-year-old guy had some shit planned yeah. in his back pocket. Yeah. Now let's see the follow-up here because then Luke, Luke asked for a rematch. And here they go. <laughs> 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 we 
might have to run that back. Please. Because really, it's so quick. It happens so... <laughs> he doesn't even let him try. He Let's just go. mauls him. <laughs> try it again. Oh. So this is when they, they ran it back. Of course, Luke wasn't going to get embarrassed at his own camp. <laughs> <laughs> So, in the second one, as Sam was saying, wow. Luke, basically, you don't even see him on the screen. Yeah. As soon as the kid touches the ball, he comes bursting out the side of the screen and just just levels the kid. Maybe he, maybe offsides. He like, might have been if there was a line of scrimmage, <laughs> like, he may have jumped the snap count. <laughs> he may have that. jumped that snap count. And, to be fair, we're making it seem like he just totally uh, just crushed a, I mean, he did crush a kid, yeah. but he only used his hands. He didn't, like, throw his whole body into the mm-hmm. kid. But mm-hmm. when you're a 245-pound guy, mm-hmm. you can knock somebody down with your hands yeah. like that. You don't have yeah. to, like, put your shoulder into him. Yeah. Did Luke take it too far, trying to prove prove to his campers that he wasn't soft and that he couldn't get juked by a kid? Or do you think, you know, do you think the kid took it too far and trying to embarrass Luke? It's like the guy invited you to this, the camp. I don't know if it was free or not, but, you know, respect this man at this camp. Don't try to embarrass him in front of all these little kids. I think the answer is sort of both. Mm. I think that Luke's ego was was clearly bruised. And I say that because of how quickly he got off the line. Oh, it wasn't boy. like, oh, I'm going to let this kid try again. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, I'm just going to snuff this kid out. Yeah. Like, immediately. Which is a little bit, it's like, come on, man. Like, everyone knows you're a great football player. You don't need to prove yourself. But the thing that I feel like is kind of fun about it... Mm-hmm is I think probably if you're a kid that age and you're like a Carolina Panthers fan, the only thing cooler than juking Luke Keekley is getting rocked by Luke Keekley. Yeah. And he seemed I, loving about it. He picked the kid up. He totally. was patting him on the back after like he... They seemed like they were having a fun time. And they now seemed I, like the kid had like a broken leg. Or absolutely. Anything. I haven't had a similar experience. Yeah. But I will tell you a story. Yeah, please. Which is that when I was nine or ten... I went to a Celtics game Mm -hmm. with my grandma, and it must have been Celtics Nuggets. Mm -hmm. This is in the in the really bleak kind of Ron Mercer Celtics Mm -hmm. era. After the game, went over to the tunnel to get high fives from the Nuggets. You know, they leave the court, they're going back into the locker room through the tunnel, and I'm sticking my hand Mm -hmm. out to see if any players look at me a high five by the tunnel. Nick Van Exel comes by, and he's really pumped, or he's really steamed. I don't know whether they had lost or won. I was little and don't remember, but Nick Van Exel was fired up. And yeah. he saw my hand and kind of cocked back and gave me, like, a huge... Strong high five. Strong high five. I was a little kid. He's an NBA player. My hand was, like, red and stinging like I'd never felt before, and it was the best thing ever. It yeah. hurt like hell, but it was so much fun. Now, my grandma... Was enraged. My grandma is from Poland. Not a huge... Uh, hoop head. Not a huge hoop head. <laughs> not, a, not a ton of... Uh, not a ton of level of comfort and knowledge about the NBA or, or why her grandson would, uh, would want, you know, to, to be, like, like you actual, know, touching yeah. a random adult. Um, mm-hmm. And she was rip shit. And yeah. essentially was about a second away from throwing her pocketbook at Nick Van Exel for assaulting her. 
her grandson. Wow. And one of the security guards had to shoot her a look and be like, ma'am, what are you doing? And of course, I was mortified at that point. My, you know, my face turned like as red as my hand. You're like, I was like I, we my hand is broken. Here. My grandma's about to get arrested. Yeah, <laughs> like this is all so many emotions at once. But even though it hurt like heck, yeah, I was pumped, man. Yeah, I was like, and so I feel like that kid, um, you know, like getting laid out on yeah. the turf is just the cherry on top. It's pretty dope, and you can say to all your all your friends, they're like, yeah, like you, Luke Heakley decked me. I think it, I mean, now quickly, just before, shout out to Nick Van Exel, yeah. the G, because we were just talking about him last episode, how he recently just discovered iced coffee for the first time in his life, even though he's in his 40s, and his life has been changed. <laughs> he is so excited by it. He really, really loved it. Wow. Um, so we had a great discussion about that with Ariana on, uh, on episode 33, uh-huh. so Nick, we're glad, two episodes in a row... Uh, he's come up in conversation where I'm I'm happy that he had. He's a great guy, and I'm sure he's high-fiving the shit out of the people once he found out about iced coffee because he really yeah. was happy about <laughs> it. Um, but I – so there's two things that this story makes me think of and seeing this makes me think of. One is just that O moment, right? And you and I both played sports growing up as mm-hmm. kids. That O moment is so – it hits you so deep. It's magic. And when you're the one who people are – when you owe somebody else yeah. and like hit a three in somebody else's face or ate a little scoop over some floater over somebody and people, whoa, yeah. that really feels like so good, right? But then when you're the one on the other side of the O moment too, you're like out for revenge. Totally. Like you're like, I don't care if this is a foul. I don't care. I'm taking this dude out next time. You're not owing me twice. The first feeling is like you've got like the star in Mario. Yeah. And the second feeling is like in Kill Bill when it goes all red. And it goes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you're, you're seeing blood, right? Yeah. You're seeing red. Yeah. So I can see from Luke, it's like, you're not trying to get owed in front of all these little kids totally. where they're your fans. And now people are owing you like you got juked out here. Right. And you can't turn that off. I mean, if you're as much, no matter what age you have to be, yeah. to be Luke Keekly. You can't flip that So, of course, off. you're not just going to be like, oh, go back and sit down and pick up your free water bottle. You're right, going to be like, right. get your ass back right, up here. Right, right. <laughs> and we're running it back. And I yeah. think, I mean, the other thing it makes me think of is being at like a camp. So, like, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I went to the Michael Red uh, basketball camp mm-hmm. in, in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the camp, they had like counselors versus campers kind of all-star game. Yeah. But Michael Red didn't even play. Okay. He just like hosted the game. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, we don't need this guy. I mean, it would have been fun, mm-hmm. right? But it's just like, he's an NBA all-star. Right, he's six right. foot seven. Right. And there's 12-year-olds out here. Yeah. I mean, we just we don't need Michael Red getting hurt, trying yeah. to dunk on somebody. We don't need somebody diving for a loose ball. Right. And like, his friends who were the counselors were still way better than all the campers where they were throwing down dunks and stuff mm-hmm. like that, too. Mm-hmm. They were like probably his friends from high school or whatever. Yeah. And they still whooped on the campers. Totally. But you don't need like, I feel like with this Luke Keekley, my other concern is like, Luke Keekley has had a lot of injury problems. Mm-hmm. God forbid Luke Keekley like tears an MCL trying to tackle a nine year old wow. and ends his career or something like that. Like yeah. that's just for for those reasons I would be like kind of concerned as his agent or a fan of the team. Like I'm with you, man. don't push it, man. Don't go too hard on this little kid. Yeah, you think uh, you think Dabo Swinney's offered that kid? Yeah, I hope he does, how man. Long, how long till <laughs> probably already has an so, offer? Honestly, if you're if you're a, if you're a lower tier. D1 team struggling a little bit, maybe need some good press. Maybe you're local, maybe you're in the mm-hmm. you're in the area. Mm-hmm. East Carolina Pirates or something like that. You offer that. <laughs> oh, offer him right away. Offer him right away. 
it is crazy and incredible to see like a lot of people are like, well, no, I, I, I can catch or hey, I've got a pretty good three point yeah, shot and yeah. think that they're on like a level where it's like, no, these dudes who do this for their job are on a different level. Yeah. Like, and you can see at the beginning, it's like, wow, like he's not going just 10%. He's maybe going 50, 60%. Mm-hmm. Like he's pushing it. Mm-hmm. But then when you actually see him maybe go 80%, yeah. it's like, holy shit. He just like appears, he just like apparates onto the screen. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. it's like, what? Totally. And it's like, it just shows you kind of how fast they are compared to normal people. Yeah. Where in the first clip, the kid looked, does, and I'm sure the kid is a great athlete mm-hmm. for his age. Mm-hmm. It was like, wow, this little guy has moved. Yeah. But then when Luke Kuechly's actually maybe trying a little bit harder, and I'm sure that's still not how he'd be trying if he was trying to tackle like Alvin Kamara or right, something. Right, right. But it's like, whoa. It just shows you the level that these guys are actually at. Yeah. Yeah. Now, something that's really scary when we talk about 60%, mm-hmm. this number stuck in my mind because Giannis. Antetokounmpo, he just won his first MVP award. I have a feeling he might win another one sometime down the line here. He's still a young man. And he said that he's only at 60% of his potential. Mm. Now, do you think he's just bullshitting or do you think he's got a do you think he's got a point there? Scary to say it. I think he might have a point. Yeah. Cause he doesn't have a jumper. And that's like yeah. you know, that's huge. There's your 30% right there. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, you know, the other 10%, a little more court vision, a mm-hmm. little, little more finesse. You know, obviously, he's the MVP of the dang league. He had a yeah. pretty amazing year last year. But, you know, a lot of the way he gets his his buckets... Yeah, and layups. Just by overpowering yeah. people. And, and finding a way to get his body in the paint. And by the time he's there, no one can really do anything about it. Nope. If he had a feathery jumper... I don't know. I don't know. I just had to collect myself. It's scary. Because I like what what would you do? It truly is scary. And what I think would you do. And at first I was like, that's fucking bullshit, dude. You just won the MVP. What are you trying to say? You're only sixty percent. But then when you think about it, yeah. he has the skill set and athletic ability to literally play any position he wants to play. Yeah. Yeah. Like to your point as well as like, yeah, he could be a point guard. In, in terms of passing the ball better, handling the ball better, which you mm-hmm. can still get better mm-hmm. at, shooting from the perimeter better, which he really doesn't do at all. Yeah. He also has the body type now where it's like he can play center. Yeah. He literally can play any position. Yeah. So it's like if he focuses on his – like his post moves are fine. He doesn't mm-hmm. have like really refined post moves. If he po- focuses on his, his post moves, like shot blocking, like he could be the greatest – one of the greatest centers we've ever seen in the Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Like, already his numbers from this year look pre- pretty similar to, like, prime Shaq numbers. Like, yeah. putting up, like, 28 and 12 type yeah. stuff. Yeah. But it was, like, he literally is a Swiss Army knife where he can play any position. And the yeah. more he, like, refines his skill set, it's, like, whatever he focuses on, he can be great at. It yeah. seems like. Yeah. So, yeah. he can do stuff that when you're talking about DeAndre Jordan or Blake Griffin or the best big men we have in this league, mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. he is their same size. He can yeah. do all that same stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, he can, I mean, if he can develop his perimeter game, he can dribble like all those guys out on the perimeter, and he's mm-hmm. got the speed, lateral quickness, change change of direction ability like all these guys have. Now, 
I'm excited about him not reading, reaching his full potential yet, and it makes me excited to know that he's like still focused on getting better. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really, really excites me this season about the Milwaukee Bucks, mm-hmm. we've got so many different dynamic duos teaming up around the league. Kawhi, mm-hmm. uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in mm-hmm. L.A., LeBron mm-hmm. and Anthony Davis in L.A., as we were already talking about. The Sixers, uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, yep. right? I yep. mean, the Rockets now have James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like so many teams are teaming up awesome stars, which yeah. is fun to watch. Yeah. The Bucks have teamed up Giannis and Tenasis, Antetokounmpo. The Antetokounmpo brothers are going to be on the same team next year. Mm-hmm. He signed, uh, Giannis's older brother has yep. just signed a two-year deal. Do you think this is just a family favor? Or do you think they're just trying to let Giannis know, we really care about you, we'll bring your brother in? Or do you think these guys are really going to be throwing alley-oops to each other on the court, just like they were when they were, you know, little kids? I feel like it's definitely the former, and if it's the latter, it's going to be fun as hell because, let's not forget, the Lopez twins are now together in Milwaukee, mm. too. We're going to have two sets of brothers taking the court. Yeah. The Bucks could trot out a lineup where everyone except for one person is, is a brothers. sibling of someone else. And that's so fun. So fun. That's so, really fun. I love that. I feel like... You know, look, you take a flyer on the older brother, mm-hmm. for sure. A happy Giannis is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, that's, uh, basketball-wise, that's, uh, that's a family I'd want to be as associated with as possible, man. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's something there. Maybe, uh, maybe you, maybe you, you strike on a, on a good, on a good little role player with, with the brother. Yeah. But... I'm really glad that you brought up this this dynamic sort of duos thing because mm-hmm. there's something that uh, something I feel like is really going overlooked here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I knew I was going to be uh, on the pod. Of course, you do. And um, I uh, I wanna I wanna use this platform, mm-hmm. take this opportunity to uh, to make a prediction that I'm willing to go on the record with. In July 2019. Wow. You heard it here first, folks. I think that the Warriors are going to win the finals next year. Wow. And here's my and here's wow. my So here's everyone, my I just want to frame this. Everyone, Sam, is predicting the demise of the Warriors. My good friend Stephen A. Smith himself has mm-hmm. said the Warriors will not even make the playoffs. Yeah. And Clay Thompson... He's having knee surgery. He just had knee surgery. A lot of people mm-hmm. think he won't be back till February, maybe March. Yep. Kevin Durant left, yep. spurned the Warriors for Brooklyn. Yep. DeMarcus Cousins, also a member of the Warriors, left to go join yep. their rivals, the Lakers. And yep. now you're saying that the war. You're telling me today that the Warriors are going to win the NBA title a year from now. That's my pick, man. Why and would you say that? So here's here's what I'm thinking. Kawhi went to the Clippers with Paul George. And after that happened, and also, you know, after the Houston trade, everyone said, wow, whole new NBA, all this parody, era of the big three is over, now it's all about the dynamic duo. Mm -hmm. All the best teams have two stars and, you know, complementary players, and we're going to have, you know, we're going to go into the season with, you know, 10, 11, 12 teams having a real shot at the title. I'm sitting here like, um, hello... Maybe all the other teams have dynamic duos. The Warriors have four all-stars. They still have four all-stars. They have four freaking (laughs) all-stars. ACLs, 
are just not what they used to be, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Adrian Peterson tore his ACL, whatever, 10 Came back in like ago, three weeks. Came back, you know, <laughs> like an ACL injury just isn't what it used to be. It used to be like an Achilles injury. Now, for whatever reason, you know, the science is beyond me, but it's just not. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about Clay. Obviously, they're going to miss him mm-hmm. when he's not there. But they'll hold but the fort until they They'll hold back. the fort. They still have Steve Kerr. They still have Steph Curry, Draymond, D'Lo, Kevon Looney. They'll uh-huh. they'll fill out they'll fill out the bench with whoever yeah. they're they're filling it out with. They're good enough to be a playoff team in the West. And then when they get in the playoffs, guess what? You still have the core. Yeah. Of Draymond, Steph, and Clay. And here's the other thing that I think is is being overlooked. Mm-hmm. Basketball is still a chemistry game, man. Mm-hmm. You can't always just plug these guys in. Yeah. The Heat didn't win their first year. First year. It takes it takes time yeah. Yeah. once you assemble these brand new rosters. I mean, when you think of uh, the Lakers, which was supposed to be the dream team, the new dream team, when they added Steve Nash and Dwight Howard. Right, right. Like, and to a team that had already won a championship, and they fell totally flat. This stuff takes some time yeah. to gel. And so, you know, I think that basically there's only going to be one team next year in the playoffs, assuming the Warriors make it, which I think they will. There's only going to be one team that, you know, down down five with a minute and a half left can look at each other in the huddle and know that they've come back from this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have great players. The Clippers have guys who have who have done it in big moments. Obviously, Kawhi. Kawhi. Yeah. Paul George has had some big moments. Doc Rivers has won a title. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know... All of these teams have guys that have done it. Yeah. But they don't have necessarily guys who have done it together. Yeah. And that matters. And so I think when you add those two things up, one, they've arguably got more star power still Mm -hmm. than anyone in the league. And two, they not only have the star power, they're gonna have some 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 carryover from all of the some from all of the tough games they've won before. I don't see why they're not the favorites. Also, who knows, that D'Angelo Russell piece mm-hmm. could become anyone, right? Yeah, I mean, trade him. Anyone. And, like, people are going to listen. I think it was mm-hmm. brilliant. It was I mean, moves. it was just brilliant to get him from, from Brooklyn and say, okay, it obviously doesn't work, maybe long term, but we're going to figure it out. So really, what we're looking at is, is you know, come spring... It's gonna be Clay, Steph, Draymond, and and mm-hmm. an, and a and a yet unknown star. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if or you... maybe if it works out, D'Angelo Russell. Which I think, if you had to say, which young player is the closest to being able to replicate what Steph Curry can do on the court, mm-hmm. it would be either. D'Angelo Russell or Trey Young, yeah. who who Trey Young can replicate. Nobody can be Steph Curry. Sure. But in terms of which young guy in the kind of next generation mm-hmm. can just sort of pull up from anywhere he wants to and just shoot. Right. I would say one of those two guys. Right. So the fact that the now the Warriors have now, you know, pooled and I, I honestly think D'Angelo at his best, best height capacity mm-hmm. would be more of like a combination between Steph and James Harden mm. in terms of the way he plays. Because yeah. he has a little bit of that off balance James mm. Harden game yeah. Yeah. in the lane and stuff. But yeah. it's like if you can get pair Steph with 
maybe one of the other best shooters pull up deep shooters in the game, yeah. it might work out, yeah. right? And but yeah. then like you're saying, they might also flip him for Carl Anthony Towns or something crazy, totally. right? That we don't I even mean, see coming. What like think about this? You know, Philly's Philly's going with this. You know, this big burly beef experiment. Jumbo ball, yeah. Maybe they get maybe they get to the you know to the middle of the season and they're like, oh wow, a crunch time lineup of Al Horford, Embiid, Simmons, Tobias, and Tobias and and Josh Richardson. Like actually, that doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. Horford for D'Lo? I mean, you know, maybe. Maybe. But, like... Warriors won't do that. You know what would be crazy to see, though? Mm. And I'm just going real off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simmons for D'Lo. Right? They actually played at Montverde Academy together in high school. Wow. Interesting. Um, I'm bringing out the deep, deep cuts, which would be crazy. I think Ben Simmons was either a year young, Mm -hmm. maybe a year younger than Mm D'Lo. And they went to high school together, Montverde Academy in Florida. So. I mean, when you think of the Sixers kind of need more shooting, mm-hmm. the Warriors, Ben Simmons kind of fits into there. Everybody plays whatever position they want. Totally. And you could have a front court of Ben Simmons and uh, Draymond, mm-hmm. but then it's kind of like they could both kind of do whatever they want to. Yeah. Like, yeah. that would be pretty scary. It would be amazing, man. And the, and and the, and the actually, the Sixers would be pretty freaking good still. With totally. And, and, and so the Warriors, I think, like, have real options. I don't yeah. understand, you know... LeBron's LeBron's still the best player in the world. I'm not mm-hmm. willing to be convinced otherwise. He and Davis are an amazing duo. Yeah. But, you know, things are a little messy there. The Clippers are a brand new team, and it might take some time to come together. And, you know, I just don't think that there's anyone who can match the, the star power and the experience of the Warriors and... July 2019, I'm locking it in today. The Warriors are your 2019-2020 NBA champions. Well, that's super bold, Sam. Thank you for for choosing this date and this moment to to share that with the world. You are very welcome. Appreciate that a lot. I'm Open Family. As you know, there's something that we have to do every single episode of the I'm Open podcast before we say goodbye, and that is to recognize our mask off performer of the week this does not mean it's good does not mean it's bad just means somebody has taken their mask off revealed something new about themselves to the world this week and for that we are recognizing them of course this segment would not be possible without the help and inspiration of future thank you so much future we really do appreciate everything you've done for us Mask on, fuck it, mask on, mask on, fuck it, mask on. This week, Sam, our mask off performer of the week is a gentleman by the name of Joey Chestnut. Mm. Now, Joey recently won his fourth Nathan's hot dog eating championship. He's the best hot dog eater in the world. But it's not that that gave him the mask off award because we we know he can do that. It's actually some words that came out from a gentleman by the name of Kobayashi who are now you're you're sighing as the, in this in the squad can't see you. Are you a, are you partial to Kobayashi or love, are you a Joey Chestnut guy? I love Kobayashi man because I love his method. Do you know about this? Let's break it down for us. I'll just be real quick yeah. here. What I've heard is that pre-competition Kobayashi eats an unbelievable amount of watermelon. 
the flesh of the watermelon expands his stomach, but because watermelon is mostly water, he pees it all out and then is left with just a larger but empty stomach huh. and is ready to rock and eat so many hot dogs. And I just think that's brilliant. That's really that's, smart. That's art and science in harmony. And so I'll be a Kobayashi fan forever. But what happened here? So Kobayashi, he's kind of taking a step back. You mm-hmm. don't see him anymore yeah. on the big stage yeah. on the big nathan's fourth of july stage right, he's right, kind of right. ceded that to joey chestnut uh-huh. and joey's kind of the new king yeah i kind of agree with you i was always kind of a kobayashi guy too totally that was my that was my guy that was that was my dog and totally. with the hot dog <laughs> um but he's now accusing joey chestnut of cheating in the competitive eating game he said i personally have witnessed definitely witnessed some cheating yes one example, we were eating a pizza for a Pizzone competition years ago, and he was throwing the hardest part to eat, the crust, into the box the whole time. Kobayashi also said that he thinks Major League Eating has been propping up Joey Chestnut to drive interest because he's yeah. the biggest American superstar in the yeah. sport. And he actually, this might be even the most controversial of all. Hmm. He said that he believes that the hot dogs Joey Chestnut has been eating at the Nathan's 4th of July hot dog eating contest are smaller than the regulation hot dogs. What? Okay. Now, these are strong accusations. This is, and also, they're not just strong accusations. They're two totally separate claims. Mm-hmm. The first claim that is Joe, that Joey Chestnut is cheating. The second claim is that the, the powers that be are letting things slide or propping him up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like those are two totally separate things. You're, you're right. If Joey Chestnut's not eating the crust, there's a judge That's a who needs up. to say, Joey, finish your crusts, right? Yeah. And like, we're going to keep the clock going until you finish your crusts. Obviously. That's not Joey's fault, right? If he's, if he's getting away with not eating the crusts, that's on someone else. Uh-huh. So I feel, like, I feel like Kobayashi's sort of mixing things up here. And I feel like he's really saying two different things. One, I find more plausible and more compelling, right? So I mean, which one do you think is more likely? That, 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 they're, that they're propping him you up. You think he is because propped. Because yeah. he puts butts in seats. Yeah. Um, and that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I imagine, maybe, I'm not sure if, if Kobayashi alluded to any of this or is, or is claiming any of this, but I imagine there's maybe some xenophobia in the, mm-hmm. in the hot dog contest eating mm-hmm. community i w- i would imagine that um you know the people who run that would rather have uh an american you know an american born guy i'm not actually sure um kobayashi is is from japan mm-hmm. right yeah. um he wasn't born in yeah, america yeah, yeah. yeah so um you know i imagine that um you know they would want you know for for reasons that are uh, bad. I mean, I think it's it would be kind of a a, a beautifully uh, American thing to actually have someone who who wasn't born here winning the yeah. winning the competition. But I can see, you know, how the Nathan's hot dog people would would you know probably uh, you know for for you know unfortunate and you know kind of nefarious reasons want uh, want an American with a with a name like Joey Chestnut to be winning. So. I mean, that feels to me like probably a credible claim. The idea that Joey himself is cheating by not eating his crusts, I don't know about that. Yeah. Also, frankly, all due respect to Kobayashi, 
No one else cares about the other competitive eating competitions. So if you're going to allege cheating, it needs to it, be the It hot needs to dogs. be Nathan's. It yeah. can't be like he didn't eat the Pizone. Right, right, right. Which one was that? Right, right. The Pizone finals of 2014. Like, yeah. sorry, bro. Yeah. Missed it. Yeah. And, like, and so, yes, uh, just to follow up, he is from Nagano, Japan, mm-hmm. born and raised. And to your point before, he's not a big guy, 128 pounds. Damn. And he's the champ. He yeah. he owns 15 world records, and wow. he's got a six-time champion of Nathan. So wow. when you have somebody like this at throwing words, attacking like that, yeah. it's like they carry a lot of weight. Yeah. He's a legend of the game. Yeah. But these guys are obviously rivals. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it, it benefits, I'm a Kobayashi guy too, I'm Team Kobayashi, mm-hmm. but it, like, it benefits him directly to tear down Joey Chestnut right. and say, well, I think his hot dogs are smaller because he, he broke Kobayashi's record. Right, right. But at the same time, I could see it. I mean, Major League Eating, it's based in America, the only country that would dare think of that sport. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, it helps. To have a star. It's like how everybody was trying to prop up like Andy Roddick and make mm-hmm. it seem like he was good for all those mm-hmm. years when he was never even really that good. I know there's been a lot of xenophobia um, on the LPGA tour um, mm-hmm. because a lot of the best, a lot of the best golfers, um, a, a lot of the best golfers on that tour aren't from America. And I think um, for, for a number of them, um, English isn't their first language, and I've I've read about a lot of shitty stuff about mm-hmm. people saying that it's not good for the game. So I think you know, uh, I think this is a problem that uh, that goes that goes beyond competitive eating. Yeah, no, I just want to, and this is an interesting mask off because you know it makes it seem like Joey has officially revealed and taken his mask off. And we don't know. This is all conjecture. We don't know for sure if he has been cheating, if there is a scheme. And it gets me thinking, like, it would be kind of complicated to get smaller hot dogs just for one competitor in the Nathan's contest. Totally. Like, there's a big infrastructure that goes into setting up the contest. Also, you need, like, an Ocean's Eleven sort of setup of, like, you bring in the hot dogs, you slide them under Joey's, like, table. Like, it would be really (laughs) hard to, like, execute that. Totally. And also, like, have you ever been to the grocery store and seen hot dogs in different sizes? Uh, not that I remember. I mean, there's sort of... Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's the sort of jumbo... Bratwurst. Right? And then there's the hot dog. But, like, yeah. This is what he's alleging would... Would take a lot to pull off. Especially because they are Nathan's brand hot dogs, right. right? Right. So unless Nathan's at the factory makes one special Joey Chestnut mini dog that's like slightly smaller. Right. And then, I mean, you know, it's like the guy from Holes who thought who thought a shovel was smaller. Yes. Oh that my one God, that book. Throwback. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe it's kind of like that where like to Kobayashi it looks smaller, but maybe they're just the same or maybe he just feels like he hasn't been fully accepted as the champ mm-hmm. like he should be and he blames joey chestnut even though it's more the fault of the sport as a whole right. not joey chestnut's fault but he did say hmm. we're not friends we're never going to be friends we don't really get along this is a moment of uh of profound mistrust and paranoia i mean yeah. verlander's saying the balls are doctored kobayashi's saying competitive eating is tainted i think it really reflects the the sort of America the right destabilizing yeah. feeling that is just sort of pervasive in in every part of American life. Right yeah, now. not just sports. Yeah. And everybody's questioning the truth. Yeah. And with all these things, 
it's like they're only conspiracy theories until they're not, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I know people can all say, oh, these are all crazy conspiracy theories and whatever. It's like, you know what? Global warming used to be conspiracy theory. Yeah. So a lot of these things, it's like it's only conspiracy. Le- LeBron James is going to the Lakers was a conspiracy theory until yep. it wasn't. Yep. Right, yeah. so all these things people like to just throw them away, say they're fake news, say they're say they're conspiracy theories, but mm. when they until they become true, then they're not. So I think I'm glad people are questioning the truth, mm-hmm. questioning the, the world, and trying to figure out the real answer. Yeah. Now, Sam, you have been an absolutely incredible guest. Thank you so much for being here on I'm Open Podcast. I hope it's the first of many. Me too, man. And is there anything you'd like to say before you go to the, I, the I'm Open family out there, to your fans out there? Uh, before you uh, say goodbye. It's okay if there's not. You know, we've uh, we've we've covered we've covered so much. <laughs> and I guess uh, the <laughs> only thing I would say is uh, you know, it's hard, it's easier said than done, but uh, let's all try to be good to each other. Let's out all there. try to be nice to each other. Yeah. I think that's a great parting word yeah. for everyone. Thank you so much, Sam. It's been a true pleasure and honor to have you here in the studio, and I can't wait to make it happen again soon. Same, man. Thank you so uh, much for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to I'm Open Podcast. Don't forget to give us a rating and tell your friends to listen to the show. And now, you can follow us on Instagram at imopen underscore pod for awesome and one-of-a-kind sports content and to purchase your very own I'm Open Podcast hat. Everybody, have a great night, and don't forget to stay open.